Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. You're back. We are back. I'm back from my little excursion in the Rocky Mountains, climbing some 13ers, 13,000 feet little mountain peaks out there. Crazy that they still got snow all the way up in there, but it was a fun time. It was an outstanding time. Thought real clearly, got all that done, but we got a game two to talk about today. We got an NBA game two to talk about today that I am very interested in because the Clippers got to split these two. And look, yes, Phoenix is definitely the favorites in this series, right? Kawhi Leonard, there hasn't been an official update on his knee. It seems like maybe gamesmanship. It's just an odd situation. Seems very doubtful that he's going to return and be in full, his full self this series. Now you have to worry about Marcus Morris. The Clippers, although he's off the injury report, Marcus Morris tweaked his knee, has not played significant run in back-to-back games. In the last game, he had to check out and not play most of the second half and with Marcus Morris out in that game the Clippers had to go to more traditional lineups more traditional lineups meaning traditional centers and not small ball they couldn't afford to have Nicholas Batum or Paul George at the five it just didn't work as well for having certain shooters on the court it meant when they tried that small ball lineup more Rondo on the court that didn't work out too well so you saw more Zubak you saw more DeMarcus Cousins who in 13 and a half minutes of play was solid for about one and a half of them and then brutal for about the other 10 as he was minus 12 in this game as he had five personal fouls just a walking foul no mobility not the same boogie cousins that you're used to this is a totally different guy after those injuries so they're not going to be able to go small ball when or if marcus morris is limited in this game but he's off the injury report so i'm thinking that it's not that significant of an injury so right now i'm projecting marcus morris in for 32 minutes which might seem low still trying to give something to the fact that he hasn't closed out three of the last four games and there's something going on with this knee of his but ladies and gentlemen fellas 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 that's a big piece of news in terms of the injuries that happened in that first game let's start to talk about the rotations that we saw in game one players that i don't think stay in those rotations for one reason or another and guys that i think continue to see significant run nice matchups and talk about exactly what we were seeing in that last game not just from a box score watching although that's somewhat important offensive rebounding things like that transition points but let's talk about what we saw in that game specifically and how it can translate to a massive game too where yes the clippers have come back from 2-0 deficits in each of the first two rounds this phoenix team is a totally different team especially when it's not if it's when they get chris ball back in either games three or game four so they're not going to be able to come back from a 2-0 deficit as easily and not have nearly as high of a chance, if a chance at all. So this is the make or break game for this series, in my opinion. And we can start there on the Clippers side of it. I'll have projections that come up on the screen in terms of the minutes projections I'm talking about. We're going to be talking about today the betting line that I like on this game, the props that I have. I have three props taken. And then obviously DFS interest on each side of these showdown slates or whatever format you're going to be taking in those streets so happy national chocolate eclair day to all the beautiful people out there today so we talk about marcus morris we talk about how that led to some more demarcus cousins run since i had marcus morris in for 32 minutes you can see right now on the screen the minutes for the clippers i gave marcus morris 32 minutes if i scroll slightly i'm only giving demarcus cousins four minutes of play and a lot of prop markets today are inaccurate I'm very surprised by this. A lot of prop markets are projecting that DeMarcus Cousins plays probably 10 to 14 minutes today. Unless you see significant, significant limitations, which off the injury report, Marcus Morris, I don't really see that happening. If you see Marcus Morris again only playing 22 minutes, that's when Cousins can get more run. But he was a massive liability. Again, him and Rondo were by far the two worst players on the court for the Clippers. Now, I do think just because of the lack of bodies that Rondo is going to have to play some minutes in more so than Cousins, 
but I don't think Cousins is going to get all that much run at four minutes. So in a lot of spots, I like his unders. Now, Paul George in that last game was fantastic, but really more so fantastic for about three quarters of play. I have him for 42 minutes today. Here's the thing. They're coming off of a game seven and a game six. This Phoenix team is coming off of a couple of shorter series where they're well rested, right? They're coming off of a series against the Lakers that went six, not seven, and then they got some extra rest and they swept the team. So they're coming off of a significant rest right now. So Paul George wasn't able to play 45, 46 minutes like he was in game six of the previous game. A lot of these guys weren't able to push the 40 plus minutes. Reggie Jackson topping out at 39 minutes of play. Look, they were just gassed down the stretch. Now in the fourth quarter, saying their gas might be lazy analysis, but go watch that fourth quarter. They were gassed. Paul George shooting 0 of 5 had two total points in the quarter. In the game, he shot 7 of 14 from three. And if there's no Marcus Morris or a limitation on Marcus Morris's minutes, you're going to see yet again, 14 or more three point attempts from him. He got double teamed in the fourth. So that doesn't help when you're gassed either. So yes, Paul George is the make or break for this team with no Kawhi Leonard. That's obvious. Just interesting to see that in the fourth quarter, these guys were getting a little bit tired now as there's a significant and clear and obvious difference in how well-rested these teams are. Now, we talked about DeMarcus Cousins being really bad uh, in that game. Now, you might be saying, what do you mean? We're talking from a real-life standpoint if you can stay on the court. And why does that matter for fantasy? Well, if you're really bad in real life, if you're not offering much, if you're playing the main thing, terrible defense. It doesn't matter if you come in and hit a three and have a nice post up like he did in those first minute and a half. When you start to play 10 minutes of bad defense and you're negative 12 on the court, and a lot of that is because of you, you're not going to stay on the court as much, which means you don't have minutes, which means you can't score fantasy points. Same exact analysis for Rajon Rondo. With Marcus Morris now back and me giving him 10 minutes or so, that cuts away from the Marcus Cousins. And I do think that they're going to go to more so in this game, Patrick Beverly over a Rajon Rondo. Look, Rondo last year in the bubble was fantastic on defense. That was kind of an outlier. He played 22 and a half minutes in this last game. He was the worst guy on the court from a plus minus perspective for the Clippers at minus 14. Now, from a fantasy perspective, he had assists. He had some offensive rebounds. He scored some buckets. He was pretty solid for his price point. And yet again, he'll be in a player pool for me, but I'm not giving Rajon Rondo 22 and a half minutes in this game. I'm giving more minutes to other players on the team, like a Patrick Beverly. And I currently have Rondo as it stands right now, as you can see right here, for 14 minutes of play, not 22 and a half. At 14 minutes of play, he's still in play from a fantasy perspective because he's only $2,600. So in those 14 minutes for a point per minute producer in Rondo with no Kawhi Leonard on the court, he can see 15, 16 fantasy points, and that might be enough for you. But by no means am I strongly advocating for Rajon Rondo into your lineups today. Here's the reason Rajon Rondo was in the games, in my opinion, in this game. Well, they needed scoring first off, and he's going to be a better scorer than Patrick Beverly. It was basically five on four. You saw Phoenix do this in a previous series with Denver. Michael Porter was banged up with his back, and they were just letting Michael Porter take shots. He was not right in that series. Pat Beverly is somewhat banged up and just not a lethal scorer. When he's on the court, He's there for defensive reasons for the most part. They're just leaving him open. They're daring him to shoot threes. They'll say, we'll give you those shots. They're low percentage for you. So when it's five on four, that's not that good, especially when you are the underdog in this series, as it seems. So they put another scorer out there and they tried Luke Kennard and Luke Kennard is absolutely atrocious on defense. They put Rondo out there, who's not fantastic on defense, but a little bit better than Luke Kennard, who is brutal. The only guard that right now seems secure for them is Reggie Jackson, who played 39 minutes, who's by far their number two option right now in scoring. He shot 10 of 19, 53% in this game he's going to need to be their number two option every single game for them to have any chance in this series terrence Mann started again and closed again he played 27 minutes he only had four shot attempts though nowhere near his terrence Mann game that closed out game six right he should see some more volume but he did look fatigued he shot three of three from three and to finish it up on the clippers side of the ball on this one look they played really well they played really well they just ran into a team that even without chris ball is amazing on offense has so much talent is in the crucial moments 
more more well equipped on defense. Yes, that's true. McCall Bridges and Jay Crowder more well equipped on defense than at this point Paul George and Marcus Morris and so on and so forth from this Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard. So the Clippers shot 20 of 47 from three, 43 percent, and that's with struggling in the fourth quarter. They only had nine turnovers. They ended up having 17 free throw attempts, which they shot 83 percent on. That's pretty good for a team that was getting like 10 attempts per game in the first series they shot 45 percent from the floor the issue is that phoenix ended up shooting 55 percent from the floor and 41 percent from three this is a fantastic offensive team so all of that being said in this game we need a healthy marcus morris and they're going to be forced to play cousins for some minutes likely and they're going to be forced to play ronda which is not great forced to play luke Kennard. they're just down bodies at this point but plus six on the Clippers seems good. They lose that last game by six, and it took a really great shooting night from Devin Booker, elbow jumpers nonstop. We'll talk about those in a second. And just overall, a nice shooting night from them. The Clippers also shot really well in this game, though, and there's not much more that they can do. Seven of 14, Paul George from three, and so on and so forth. Three of three, Terrence Mann from three. This is the biggest game in the series. I'm going to take the Clippers here at plus six. Maybe it's the chalk side of the bet. Maybe it's the, oh, they got to even the series up here. But I'll take them at plus six in this game, as I think this is when we will see the starters run a little bit more knowing how important that this specific game is before Chris Paul potentially returns for game three. So on the betting lines, I've got the Clippers plus six today. Now, from a DFS perspective, I'll pull the Clippers minutes back up. This is where my Clippers interests shrink. It ranks number one, Paul George. Might seem obvious, but that's just the way it is right now for me. Projects out for a little over 56 fantasy points. My full projections, link down below if you want to check them out over on Patreon. Can help you with DFS, can help you with player props. Uh, we have a bunch of other stuff on there. Lineup optimizers, Discord access, whole lot. That's just uh, just the start, if you will. Marcus Morris, number two. And then after that, it's just kind of a bunch of uh, toss-ups. If you want to punt with Rajon Rondo, that's fine. If you want to punt with Avicii Zubak, that's fine. I would say Reggie Jackson's probably my number three option. And then Batum and Terrence Mann, also in a player pool. But the strong and away guys that I like the most, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and then probably a punt in Rajon Rondo if you needed to. I think there's maybe one or two other better punts on the slate. We can get to them in a second. Now, I told you I took three Props. I took it over on Prize Picks, which is linked down below. If you want a free money prop to start with, if you use the link in the description below, it's just over unders on points, fantasy points, rebounds, assists, three pointers, all that type of stuff. You can check it out on Prize Picks. It's legal in a lot more states than you might even think. Florida and New York, to name a few that don't have a lot of other legal things from a sports betting perspective. New York specifically has nothing else right now. The only spot to be betting over there. So you just take the over unders. That's as simple as that. If you want some free money to bet with right away, use the code SAL, my name, S A L, the link in the description below they're partners of ours and they'll say oh you came from sal's channel any money you put in will match you up to 100 bucks we'll give you some free betting credits to use so if you have 50 bucks in you want to try it out with they'll give you 50 right back now you have 100 dollar ruskies you get a little bit extra run out of that a little bit extra chance to run it up with that so again you use that code sal sal free money free bets i don't know what you're waiting for if you're not doing it i have rondo under 15 and a half in this game again i have rondo right now projected for 13.3 points 15 and a half is not a terrible line but i think if anything they're going to play him significantly less run than the similar to more run that you saw in game one and then i feel very confident about the marcus cousins as long as look if the health of marcus morris is good there's a really good chance the marcus cousins doesn't even step on the court in this game i've met four minutes of play if marcus morris can get up to playing 30 plus minutes again there's probably no chance to marcus cousins outside of zubak foul trouble gets on the court if marcus morris is not as healthy as we think he is well then you might see this end up happening but i'll take the under on those two we'll get to my other prop once we break down phoenix which is about to be right now so as we break down phoenix on this one there was no chris paul game one he's not going to be playing in game two that's why we need the clippers or the clippers are going to need to win this game if they want any chance in the series 
Booker did whatever he wanted in game one, and it's hard to see them stopping that outside of him just missing shots. He shot 15 of 29 in this game, 52%. His first career triple-double, and it was a massive one with 13 rebounds in this game. 11 assists. If you watched the game, you know that he was doing anything he wanted from the mid-range, specifically the exact same elbow jumper. Why was this happening? Why was this so simple for him? Well, his defenders were, well, Rajon Rondo at times, Patrick Beverly, Luke Kennard for a couple of minutes of the game. And when that's going to happen, he's just, he's just rising up over them. He is a taller, lengthier guard. He is able to shoot over top of them. If you think of it from like a Durant perspective, totally different, but Durant, in terms of his length, he can shoot over P.J. Tucker. It doesn't matter who you put on him. He can shoot over them. He has that cheat code to it. That's what Devin Booker was doing, and Devin Booker was seeing these open shots from the jumper because of his ability to elevate. The pick and roll was working fantastic in this game. If you're going to have Zubak on the court, anytime that he's on the court, with Devin Booker was torching him. If Chris Paul comes back, Zubak might not have to play any minutes in this series because it's going to be very bad for them. Somebody else who played in this series was Etwan Moore. Don't expect to see that again. I'm pulling up Phoenix's minutes on the screen. I'm giving Booker 42. He played 43 in the last game. But somebody who played in this series was Etwan Moore. And you see, if I scroll a little bit, I have Etwan Moore for two minutes. He played about 10, 10 and a half in that last game. I'm not expecting to see him play run. I expect him to go a little bit smaller, give Javon Carter, who can actually play some defense, some run. Etwan Moore was as bad as it gets in that game. If they go out there and play 10 more minutes of Etwan Moore, that is terrible. He gave them nothing. He was absolutely brutal. He was brutal. He looked slow on defense. It did not look like he knew his assignments. Booker was yelling at him at points. In about 10 minutes of play, he was minus five overall. So I'm projecting in some Javon Carter run and even some Langston Galloway run just for two minutes. Look, if Etwan Moore ends up playing six minutes, so be it. I just don't see how they continue to roll him out there for 10 minutes especially when you actually have a guard yes you would be going small but you have a guard in Javon Carter who's more versatile at least definitely defensively and also can handle the ball we have to talk about DeAndre Ayton who in this game right now I projected for 36 minutes look if Marcus Morris is banged up it only helps Ayton more because if they're going to keep a traditional center out there it's easier for Ayton to stay out there but the whole theory of small ball one is to have more shooters on the court but also maybe force the other team's center off the court if they give them an edge and Ayton definitely gives them an edge but the only way that that's going to work is if Ayton is not rebounding if he's not getting back if he's not scoring and he was doing all those things still right he was 10 of 14 still shot over uh, 70 percent from the field he had nine points in this game if Ayton gets the ball in the paint it's going in the basket it's as simple as that he looks fantastic right now Paul George after the game basically said that he is the toughest rim protector that they've had to face yet which is probably a slate at Rudy Gobert which is uh the defensive player of the year pretty uh a little slash there at him but Aiton just like Booker is elevating during these playoffs right now this entire Suns team is elevating Jay Crowder remaining basically the same solid player he is McCall Bridges having massive games at times but Aiton looking very good dominated Cousins when Cousins was in there. Another reason Cousins probably can't play in this game. Aiton did whatever he wanted against him. He halted Paul George at the rim a couple of times. Aiton continues to look fantastic. I have Aiton for 36 minutes today, and I have Aiton currently for fantasy points-wise, 38.53, which would be the over in a lot of the prop markets. Cam Johnson closed out this game. I think there's a couple reasons why. He played 24 and a half minutes total. I only have him in this game right now for 22 minutes. It's likely because campaign picked up his fifth foul. It was like his third, fourth, and fifth foul late in the fourth quarter, and we could show you that right now. So right above my head is the run that Cameron Payne played he started the game the purple is when Cameron Payne is playing right here in the first quarter he had a six minute stint but if we scroll to the fourth quarter right here this five and a half minute block he picks up his third personal foul his fourth and then his fifth so in about a four and a half minute span he ends up picking up three personal fouls so at that point there's five and a half minutes left in the game they check him out for about five of those minutes he checks back in to close out the final 30 seconds of the game or so my guess is that if that campaign is not picking up a bunch of fouls if he's not having a technical foul if he's not missing his shots and he's actually you know not getting in foul trouble playing well he probably doesn't end up coming out of the game there which means that you probably see about four to five less minutes from a Cameron Johnson 
So I ended up giving him 22. We'll split the difference there. Like I said, the Suns played fantastic. They shot 40 plus percent from three, 55% from the field, thanks to Booker and Aiton being so efficient inside the paint and at the jumper. And they only had seven turnovers. So as good of a game as you'll get from the Suns and really as good of a game as you might see from the Clippers shooting wise, something has to give here. If they're both going to play that well, if they both still don't have a key piece on their team, Kawhi and Chris Paul, again, I'll take the plus six from the Clippers side of it. Now, who do I like more on the Sun side of the ball right now, rankings wise? Well, it's going to be right now for me, Cameron Payne one, number two, Booker, and number three, Jay Crowder. Now in there, in there right now, I do have some punts that rank higher just because they're so cheap. Like Javon Carter is $1,000 today. I only have him for five and a half fantasy points, but at $1,000 that that can get it done, especially if he takes all of that 10 minutes to 10 and a half minutes from each one more. He can just as easily see zero minutes of play, but this is why we're trying to project this in. Torrey Craig played about 15 minutes in that last game, scored 18 fantasy points. He has been over a fantasy point per minute producer, and we can pull that up with Chris Paul off the court this season. Now let's pull that up. So if we take Chris Paul off since the beginning of April, so it's more of a cleaner sample after the trade deadline. If we go to Torrey Craig right here, you can see Torrey Craig in 267 minutes of play with no no, no, Chris Paul on the court, he is averaging 1.05 fantasy points per minute. So even if he can just get on the court today for 12 minutes of play, he's going to probably pick up close to 13 fantasy points. Once he starts playing another 14 or 15 like last game, he starts to project out now for me for Torrey Craig for close to 16 fantasy points. Torrey Craig at $3,400 to me looks like the best punt play on the slate today. He's right up there with like a Rajon Rondo type. And then everybody else that's basically going to see significant run is in a player pool in a showdown slate, whether it's McCall Bridges, Cameron Johnson, all these types of players, DeAndre Ayton. Those guys are in a player pool for me right now. I have 16 players in a player pool today for the showdown slate from the DFS standpoints, and five of those players right now are priorities as yeses for me. You can see those five down below on Patreon if you'd like to see exactly where everything ranks out. Now, I told you I had two props overall from the Clippers. We told you the unders on Cousins and Rajon Rondo. I have one prop so far. I'm probably going to add more. We'll be live an hour before the game start or so. Later today, we can talk more about this, answer all your questions. But the other prop I have placed right now is Jay Crowder over 23 and a half fantasy points. I currently have Jay Crowder today projecting out for over 32 minutes of play. And I have Jay Crowder as an interest of mine, a strong one for 29.2 fantasy points. I like what I saw in that first game. He matches up well for them. He gives them versatility defensively from three inside the paint rebounding wise. Jay Crowder over 23 and a half. I'm about six points over my projections. I'll take that one. Yes, 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 I will. So thanks for tuning into game two. We'll be breaking down Milwaukee and Atlanta game one tomorrow, but we're going to focus specifically on game two today. It's the only game going on. We'll be talking about it more on the live stream later today. So like and subscribe. Be sure to hit the notification bell so you're notified of when we're going live. This was an in-depth breakdown of what happened in game one, what I expect to carry over into game two, and how that can help us in all the betting markets, the prop markets, and the DFS markets. You're not going to find any better analysis anywhere out there in the streets. Thank you for tuning in today. If, if, if you stayed till the end, I'll let you know about a lineup that I'm looking at right now for Superdraft. Superdraft, there's $2,000 to first. These contests don't fill. $10,000 guaranteed today. And what is Superdraft? You just build out any lineup you want based on pure fantasy points. So they have multipliers, so it makes it a little bit different. Instead of salaries, you get multiplied by your multiplier. Devin Booker, a 1x multiplier. If he scores 50, you multiply it by one, he gets 50. This is a lineup right now that I'm liking a lot. I think Reggie Jackson is the best captain by far and away. I have Reggie Jackson projected for seven more points than anybody else. And if your name is not Nicholas Batum, 11 more points than anybody else today on the super draft slate his multiplier is insane his multiplier is as if he's a backup guard right now and he's clearly the number two option from a scoring perspective on this clippers team so reggie jackson right now and then these are other guys that i like to fill out the lineup terrence man just high multiplier guys who project out nice for me these are my five highest projected super draft plays today as it stands right now cameron payne paul george terrence man if you want to try out super draft you can use this lineup you can 
mix and match with a couple other guys. Devin Booker looks fine. There's some other players. Marcus Morris, if healthy, looks fine. Use the code SAL. You'll get 25 bucks to play with. This contest is only $20 to enter. There you go. There's some more free dollar whiskeys for you. Some free schmacks. Super Draft, $2,000 first, $10,000 tournament, and the contest is not going to fill. Check both of those partners out in prize picks and Super Draft while both of their limited time offers last. Even if you don't want to play tonight, the offer might be done by the end of the week. Thank you all, and I'll see you all in the next one. Peace out, gang.